You're listening to If Only I Were Wiser podcast, where Raina Wilson brings together wisdom and raw life stories to provide encouragement and truth. So many times it's easy to become discouraged in your own pursuit of health because your story or circumstances look drastically different from your favorite influencer or even the expectations you had for yourself. If that is you, welcome. This space is for you to learn, breathe, and maybe just listen and see what wellness could look like for you. Hey friends, welcome back to the If Only I Were Wiser podcast. These solo episodes are always so fun, but a little intimidating to me because it's just me behind the mic chatting with you. Before we get into the meat of the episode, I have to preface that as much as I know this is an important topic, I really didn't want to talk about it because imposter syndrome, you know? But this episode was something I felt the Lord had laid on my heart several months ago as I was planning out this season. Like, immediately sitting there planning over season three, I felt the word contentment on my spirit, which is kind of scary sometimes to feel the nudge from the Holy Spirit, knowing it was months in advance, but also thinking, "Uh uh-oh, why is this going to be so important for me to speak on contentment during that season? Now, flash forward, I know why. (laughs) Because the past few months have been the hardest months of my marriage and for our family to date. But before I get into the tangibles of what it looks like to pursue contentment in a chaos season, I have to share the time that my driving instructor shat his pants. So just hang with me. I promise it connects. Let's dive in. This was when I was in high school learning to drive at about 15 years old, and I was going through a driving school program. So as many of you know, Going through driving school, you have to go in for actual drive times where you're either driving or participating in your observation hours from the backseat. So for this drive time in particular, my partner was randomly assigned and wanted to go first. So I just hopped in the backseat and prepared for my chill, you know, observation time. However, it was anything but chill. About 10 minutes into the drive, I started to smell something sour. And not the kind of like, oh, this is a little like uncomfortable, weird sour, but like who left rotten eggs in the car in the heat of summer in Texas sour. Like I'm subtly trying to cover my nose sour. So of course now I'm like sitting in the backseat, trying not to gag. And I realize that we're not in our typical driving area, but instead pulling into a Sam's parking lot. My driving instructor has my partner park, mumbles something to the effect of I'll be right back as he jumps out of the car and waddles inside. Now at this point, I totally want to bust out laughing, except the car stinks like death and I'm trying not to vomit. And my partner is mortified because this actually can't be happening right now. So we both sit there saying nothing to each other, nor acknowledging what we think is happening and just sit in a stinky crap filled card because I'm not sure if my driving instructor left a skin mark on the seat or was just a shat in his pants but we couldn't go anywhere, we couldn't do anything, and just had to wait until he came back. And after about 20 minutes pass, our driving instructor finally comes out in gray sweatpants. Not at all what he was wearing when he got into the car, because his button-down shirt only makes the outfit all the more suspicious. And once back in the car, he has my partner drive back to the driving school. And we all get out, kind of like normal, playing everything off. But when I head over to the driver's side to swap for my turn, my instructor stops me and tells me that I won't be doing my drive time today and will have to reschedule because, you know, he's not feeling well. And he takes the walk of shame inside. My partner looks at me and just shakes his head. 
like he can't believe what had just happened either. So yes, when I was in high school, my driving instructor had an accident mid-driving lesson and crapped his pants, and we had to deal with the actual crappy consequences. And while this is one of the funniest experiences I've ever had, you're probably wondering how me sitting in a car that smells like crap and maybe actual crap has to do with anything about finding contentment. And the more I thought and prayed over this episode, I really found that it was everything. And this is where I get to dive into it with you. What does it really look like to choose joy, fight for contentment, when life is just crap? And in order to really get into this topic, I wanted to ask our community, what does contentment mean to you? So these are some of the responses that y'all sent in about what contentment means to you. To Bethany, it means being at place with your current circumstances because it's where she's put her trust in the Lord. For Morgan, contentment isn't just gratitude, but peace. And it's peace in the monotony of real life, like motherhood and army life. And I'm right there with you, girl. And Caitlin went straight to scripture in 1 Timothy 6, 6 6-8. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing... With these, we will be content. So through processing in my own heart, as well as conversations within our community, the common theme in finding contentment and how we identify contentment is this innate desire for peace, which we understand can only be found through a deep and rich and intimate connection with Christ. It's the slowness, it's the stillness, it's the non-stressy and depressy feelings that many of us battle on a daily basis simply because we're human. And I wouldn't feel justified to talk about the idea of contentment without getting into the scripture that is usually referenced on this topic in Philippians 4. I'll read it first and we'll dive right into it. So Philippians 4, 12 through 13 says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. For this episode, I'm not going to do a whole commentary breakdown, but I do want to highlight what the scripture is and what it is not. The scripture is not your feel-good Pinterest slap on the back of your athletic jersey encouragement kind of scripture, which yes, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, but not in the athletic PR or I'm going to break some records kind of perspective. This passage is Paul's unfiltered thoughts on what he's walked through and his plea to the Philippians to get them to understand what kind of perspective and heart shift brings fulfillment and actually brings contentment. When looking at the Greek translation of the word contentment in this passage, it defines it as strong enough or processing enough to need no aid or support, independent of external circumstances, contented with one's lot, with one's means. And I think my friend Beth summarized this best here. Creating contentment is finding joy where you are, even if you know it's not a place where you can stay. Which I think transitions us well to the next topic that I broached on Instagram this week is how do we wrestle with this tension or where do you think Christian communities fail in communicating what true contentment is? And in no way am I condemning the church, but I wanted to create the space to talk about some of the ways that we grew up as believers or ways that we were influenced by our Christian communities that don't always reflect Christ. So some of you mentioned this dismissive attitude towards people who are struggling in ways that they may not understand or this lack of non-judgmental space for vulnerability. 
Another common theme in our conversations was this pressure to always have like a strong faith, that white knuckle it through suffering kind of feeling that many of us were taught was the right way to handle our hurts instead of actually giving them the space to grieve. And if you haven't heard Tori Hines' episode this season, that would be a great episode just to hop into as we touched on this exact topic and even just some areas where the church may have crippled us in these beliefs that we carry throughout our story. And I'll link that episode for you guys down below in the show notes. But if this is part of your story and you've walked through some of the, these hurts, I'm sorry. But I also want to say I've been there too. I've been the voice that has lacked compassion for the sake of a Bible verse mandate. And to you, I'm also sorry. So friends, this is where I meet you in the mess. And there's no pretty way to put this, but life just really sucks sometimes. And we all experience trauma in our own stories, whether that's big T traumas or little T traumas. And regardless, I want you to know that you aren't any less loved by the Lord for having emotions that God gave to us to process the hurts we experience on this side of heaven. And I get it. As difficult as it is, if we're still carrying some of those hurtful narratives, I want to remind you that you're not forgotten in your suffering. This is not a punishment, and God still very much cares for your heart and how you're feeling about whatever is going on in your life. I want to remind you that where your Christian community may fail, Christ doesn't. Continue to take all of this to your creator, who is intricately writing your story and knows your hearts. And friends, even regardless of Christian community, I have to say that the most healing moments of my story have come when I've showed up to the Lord as I am. It's when I've talked to him without whatever cleaned up or preconceived identity I created because I was supposed to be that way or supposed to talk that way to Jesus. It was in those moments that I sometimes used colorful language or I was angry and hurt and upset and disappointed. And I shared all these things at the foot of the cross as I am in those moments where I really started to see the Lord in the midst of the crappy moments. And it was in those times that I started to see the subtle shifts towards contentment. And I know some of you may be thinking, but Reina, if only you knew the gravity of my hurts right now, you might be able to understand just how hard this is and what you're asking of me. And friend, you're totally right. I don't know your story and I can't comprehend what you're going through, but I am familiar with the battle for joy in the midst of pain. So let us surround you. Let us walk with you. And when I asked our community who gets how hard it is, why it's so difficult to fight this battle sometimes, in the middle of the storm, this is what they had to say. Lauren said, we believe the lie that comfort is contentment and we numb ourselves out from the feelings of the moment, which only further leads us into the anxiousness instead of a place of peace. So many of you voice the battle against our own flesh in this constant comparison culture. We also talked about the highlight reels, the inundation of information, and the flash of worldwide suffering with easy access 24-7. Morgan mentions here that there's no push to find simplicity. And that's where I think we get stuck in this pursuit of contentment, when in reality, it truly is quite simple. So what does it tangibly look like to count it all joy, brothers and sisters, to really slow down and simplify what I'm sure many of us are overcomplicating? Let me share the story of my simple joys. 
I was first introduced to the practice through a fellow podcast mama, Hunter Belis, on her show, Journey Woman, in college. I was going through some of the most stretching, emotionally, (laughs) and spiritually draining seasons of my life, from processing multiple accounts of sexual assault and grief going on in our family at that time, and I can confidently say I was at my lowest of lows. I had tried the medications, I was in counseling, I had community around me, but I'll be honest, in those moments where I couldn't even bring myself to talk to God about it, even though I knew that was the right answer, a friend challenged me with a practice of a sticky note, simple joy. So silly as it seems, that's what I mean as contentment can really start that simple. So that's what I did. For 30 days, I made it a habit to choose one simple joy for the day and write it on a sticky note and I placed it on the back of my bedroom door. And by simple joys, I mean really simple. So on the days where I had my lowest of lows, if my chicken nuggets that I grabbed from Chick-fil-A that day between classes were good, that's what I wrote on my sticky note that day. And it wasn't until after my 30-day challenge ended did I realize the subtle shift in my heart posture. And let me clarify, my circumstances and the hard situations at that time didn't go away and didn't alleviate, but instead I looked forward to seeking out the simple joys in my day. I had created a habit of gratitude that enabled God to do the work in my heart that I couldn't do alone. And I found myself on this path towards contentment in the little things, even if I felt like all the big things were still falling apart. So friend, here are your tangible ways to create contentment when you feel anything but. First, start with your understanding or expectation of joy. What is your understanding of contentment? Are you believing a false narrative that someone else spoke over you? Then I would return to the word, get real with yourself and with God. Contentment isn't faking it till you make it for the sake of the kingdom, friends. It's finding joy in Christ. Knowing your circumstances may not change. And he's not asking you to be happy about them, but he's asking you to trust him with your heart. Second, I would say connect with community. And that's a theme that we've spoken over this show in a variety of episodes, but maybe use caution. Seek wisdom and use discernment in the people that are surrounding you during the hardest times of your life. You don't want people around you in these moments that are like Job's friends that are asking you to question the Lord or may even be telling you that it's your fault. Get connected with wise community and get connected with God so that you have the accountability to walk well, use wisdom, and continue to process all the ways that you're hurting and desire joy. And lastly, maybe your best place to start, like me, was with simple joys. Practice habits that are going to help you reorient to what you know contentment is instead of what it is not. Start with a habit of gratitude, even if it's having a running list on your phone of little ways that you're grateful and revisit that in the moments where you feel the overwhelm. And maybe when those feelings get too loud sometimes, a friend of mine reminded me of this practice of setting a timer. You may not have the capacity to process everything that you're walking through at that moment, but maybe you have three minutes and you can sit for three minutes and feel as much as you can in those three minutes And then you just move forward one bite at a time. And of course, I have to tell you because you know how important this is to me, but evaluate your rest rhythms. It is so hard to reorient or find a realistic expectation of the things that you're walking through when you're exhausted. And I don't just mean not sleeping. 
But if you're walking through some difficult seasons like I have in my life, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, I wasn't resting with the Lord, and I wasn't connecting with others. And if we aren't taking care of ourselves in the basics and foundational forms of rest, friends, creating contentment in our crappy seasons is going to be all the more difficult. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, Raina, I don't even know how to evaluate my rest rhythms, stay tuned. Our podcast community is getting an exclusive sneak peek into the ultimate rest resource. Coming this next month, stay plugged into all things Wisely Well. I promise you won't want to miss it. So maybe, again, you weren't stuck in a car that your driving instructor crapped in, but I'm sure you are walking through some very heavy things or have walked through some very heavy things in your life. So when it comes to creating contentment in the crappy seasons of life, friends, let's keep it simple. Evaluate your definition of joy and contentment. Connect with people that bring you up instead of bringing you down and start small. Because when you find joy in the small things, even if the big hurts don't go away, you'll be able to smile and see the sweetness in every day. As always, friends, it's a pleasure to get connected and serve you and love you in this capacity. Podcasting is truly a joy, definitely an area that the Lord is still trying to grow me, but I'm so thankful for this community and thankful for you listening. So I'll catch you guys in the next episode. This episode of If Only Our Wiser has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss any encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to build our community and share more about topics that will be healing and helpful for you. See you in the next episode. Thank you.